Some quick notes before we begin today. Our episodes sometimes contain strong language, so if that's a problem for you with your children, just pop some headphones in. Yeah, please do. And also, please note that we are midwives first and not audio technicians, and our audio does get better with time, much like a fine wine. So stick around through these early episodes where we're messy but really enthusiastic, and I promise we do sound more professional toward the end. Yes, especially when we hit our stride somewhere after we hired our audio engineer around episode 25. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Milk Minute. Milk Minute. Milk Minute. Yeah. This is Maureen Farrell. And Heather O'Neill. And this is the Milk Minute. We're midwives and lactation professionals, bringing you the most up-to-date evidence for all things lactation, so you can feel more confident about feeding your baby, body positivity, relationships, and mental health. Plus, we laugh a little, or a lot, along the way. So join us for another episode. Welcome back. Today, we have a special guest named Allison Zarnt, who is a nutrition doula. And most of you have probably never heard of a nutrition doula before. Her training was done in integrative nutrition, and she specializes in postpartum and breastfeeding moms and their changing nutrition requirements. So if your mind is already blown that that exists, you're going to want to tune in for the rest of this episode because she also has a special gift for you at the end. So if you've been struggling, feeling like you're tired, wondering how your diet is affecting your milk supply, then this is for you. So thank you for being here and get ready to help me introduce Allison Zarnt. Welcome to the podcast, Miss Allison Zarnt. You have a lot to tell us today about nutrition. You are a nutrition doula extraordinaire and you have helped so many of my patients over the past year. And I had to have you on the podcast because so many questions that we get in the Facebook group are really nutrition-based, whether the people know it or not. And so mm -hmm. I tend to tag you, and then you always come back with the best responses. And I think it's it's like you over-deliver so much that the person on the other end of the Facebook comment is like, oh, holy crap, like maybe I maybe there's something I don't know about this. Like maybe there's maybe I need to be looking a little bit deeper into this nutrition situation. Tell us how you came to be a nutrition doula and where this fire came from that you have for helping these women figure out what's up with their nutrition and how it's going to help them breastfeed better. Yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, it's kind of a fun story and it's a two-part story. So I'm going to try to do the short version of each of them. So nutrition has always been something that I've been kind of interested in. Um, I was diagnosed with gluten sensitivity um, and celiac back like in 2001 before anybody knew what a gluten was. So it was kind of born of necessity that I knew a little bit about it. And then, um, you know, throughout my life, I found exercising and sports later, sort of later in life and started doing triathlons. And so I really needed to get into like sports nutrition there to help. I was doing all these like crazy workouts and um, trying not to crash on those. So I had, had learned all this stuff about nutrition and even told my husband before we had kids like, man, I went to the wrong field. I should have been a dietitian. When I was pregnant with my oldest and after that pregnancy and birth, food threw me for a complete loop, right? Because everything that I knew to eat that was healthy, I had really bad morning sickness, uh, couldn't eat anything. Like I literally spent the first 14 weeks eating bagels and cream cheese and that was it because it was the only thing I could keep down. Which when you're uh, like a health-minded person is really like mindfuck like like mm -hmm. bagels and cream cheese I'm gonna die um I didn't <laughs> die 
so not necessarily eating the best when I was pregnant with her, but um, they were saying, oh, you're pregnant, doesn't matter. You can eat whatever you want when you're pregnant. It's not a problem, doesn't matter. It's fine, everything's fine. The baby's gonna get the nutrients it needs no matter what, like, don't worry about, you don't need to worry about this when you're pregnant was basically the message that I was getting. And then when she, she was born and I had a very difficult postpartum recovery with her, um, extremely hard time breastfeeding actually, um, which was complicated by a lot of factors. I had mild postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, um, which I didn't even realize that was was what it was until I had my second child. And then in the absence of that, I was like, oh shit, that wasn't normal. Because they tell you it's normal, right? But part part of that whole experience was that I ended up with some severe weight issues postpartum. Like I was losing weight, but I couldn't stop losing weight. So I ended up within like within six weeks, I was 15 pounds under my pre-pregnancy weight, which I wasn't over. I was at a normal weight to begin with going into pregnancy. So I was already like below normal BMI. I was like below 19 on the BMI scale at that point. I just, I looked like a skeleton. It was really, really horrible. And that was part of my struggle to breastfeed. It was, I was not even able to keep weight on for myself, let alone provide, um, you know, those extra calories needed to make milk. And so I got, uh, had to really dig in with um, my doctor and figure out a new way of eating um, postpartum because what I had thought had been healthy the whole time turned out to be kind of the exact wrong things for me to be healing. And so that's step one. Step two comes with my second um, pregnancy. And I had, um, you know, worked really hard to recover from the first time around, um, pregnant again, again, not very happy. My second pregnancy, I'm not a happy pregnant lady. Um, I would like to meet some of those pregnancy unicorns someday who (laughs) love it, but that's not me. Um, so, you know, I'm struggling, uh, again with being pregnant, trying to deal with a toddler. Um, my husband's last remaining parent had passed away right before I got pregnant. So he was in the middle of dealing with estates and like all of that at the time. So it was very, uh, very lonely and um, feeling just, I think what a lot of people feel like when they're pregnant and chasing around a two-year-old, you're just exhausted and feeling miserable. And I got to the point where it was, I I got too pregnant to exercise. I was um, just uncomfortable doing any form of exercise anymore. And that was my only stress reliever. So I always associated nutrition and exercising really closely together. And I was like, well, if I can't do my one hobby, I'm going to do my other hobby. (laughs) So I spent the time that I would have been exercising, refocusing on the nutrition and experienced what I can't only describe as like a night and day difference. I went seven months pregnant and I could barely get out of bed. I was drinking like four cups of coffee a day as, you know, constant sugar cravings, just feeling very like depressed and down and lonely and miserable and started focusing on eating the right foods that um, you need to, you know, fuel yourself. And by eight months pregnant, it was, I'd never felt that good pregnant before in my life. Um, Eight months pregnant in August. I'll I'll add that. Right. And I had energy again. I didn't need to drink coffee. I wasn't craving sugar. Um, I wasn't having like all the hormonal mood swings anymore, all of this stuff. And I was like, this can't just be the food I'm eating. I was like, no, no, it's not just the food, right? There's got to be something else going on. Well, um, knowing when I went through postpartum the first time and having had all the wrong foods and the weight issues and everything, I was 
hyper prepared for it second time. Um, I had like all the freezer meals made. I had all the breakfast made. Everything was like nutrient dense and, and nutritious and the right type of foods to be eating postpartum. And I sailed through it. It was a breeze. Like I sailed through it. No problems. But I had no struggles breastfeeding, whatever. I even had mild oversupply, which is like mind blowing. Um, you know, I was sleeping better. I wasn't having like those crazy mood swings. I wasn't, I had like the mild baby, what would you have normally your baby blues like a week or so afterwards, but then it was gone. Like none of the anxiety, none of the stress. I was actually able to function and still care for my two-year-old and the newborn at the same time. Like even, even my house was cleaner. (laughs) I know that sounds ridiculous. You're saying right now, I'm sure that people are listening and they are just like, this is the magic bullet I've been looking for because I mean, just yesterday I had a question from a girl in the group and she was like, I want to have another baby, but I honestly don't think that I have the energy and I just don't know. I just don't trust myself to be able to manage the postpartum period with a two-year-old. So Mm -hmm. like that is a game changer for people and how they structure their families, much less like cleaning up damage on the, on the back end. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I can completely relate to what she said, because that was me. There's a three year age gap between our kids, because I was terrified of being pregnant again, and having to care for a little baby, feeling the way that I did after I had the first because mm-hmm. it had been such a rough experience. Do you maybe think you could go into a little bit about those misconceptions, right? Like, what are those nutrition misconceptions you hear from clients, you had yourself? And, and what's the reality? Yeah, absolutely. So there's, uh, I would say there's kind of two very common misconceptions when it comes to our food. First is that what you eat doesn't matter. That's like something that gets preached and they're like, nope, it doesn't matter. You could live on McDonald's and you like, it has no bearing whatsoever. Your food has no bearing. And that is, I understand why uh, we want that to be true. And I understand why we want to tell moms that to be true because we don't want them to worry about something else. We feel like they have to worry about something additional, but that, that is a huge misconception. And then on the other extreme, your typical, um, you know, healthy, low fat, low carb um, diet, essentially. So like your boneless, skinless chicken breasts with your low fat, no sugar uh, marinades on them and um, like a cup of brown rice and broccoli or that or a salad with just boneless, skinless chicken breasts on it. Like the boneless, skinless chicken being your only protein source is um, not going to serve you very well in your postpartum period. It's not nutrient dense enough, essentially. Can I just interrupt you for a second? Because I think a lot of people are probably listening to that and they're like, what the hell? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, great. So now I have this baby. I'm trying to lose the baby weight. I'm worried about my supply. I was told that what I eat doesn't matter. However, I feel like I've been proactive by eating salad and by cutting carbs and and now you're telling me I'm wrong. And it probably feels like a really steep mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to those postpartum moms who are hearing that right now? Well, first of all, it's not your fault that you were lied to. Like, well, I was so furious when I figured when this was figured out, that's like what actually drove me to completely switch careers, go back to school for this. Cause I was like, why don't women know the truth? Right. It, it just blows my mind. Um, so you can be angry with me. I've been, I'm angry with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Join right? us in the anger. Join us. And then let's, let's 
uh, take a step back and fix it. So I don't want to say, I don't want people to get the impression that there's something wrong with a skinless chicken breast or there's something wrong with a salad. Those are foods. They uh, provide you various nutrients. Okay. Not necessarily the most optimum thing for you to be eating postpartum because we are going through a massive healing period. I mean, you've got a wound the size of a grapefruit that's bleeding in your uterus for like six weeks. If you had a wound that was the size of your grapefruit bleeding on your leg for six weeks, would you be worried about like salads? I try to tell that to postpartum clients all the time. I'm like, the reason Mm -hmm. that you think you can get up and go to the store at two weeks is because that big wound is inside and you can't see it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What if it was on your chest? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, um, your internal organs have just been completely just like rearranged, right? Your intestines. I mean, we're going to get into the poop thing. How many people can poop when they're nine months pregnant? You can't poop because it's all squished. Right? No, we're like, just take all the magnesium you need. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's oh, the pregnancy constipation. I, I never appreciated being able to poop so much uh, <laughs> than when after I had my you know, birth. Oh my gosh. Like the first postpartum poop too. When you're like, Whoa, that wasn't a baby. Thank God. (laughs) That was so much easier. (laughs) I disagree. disagree. Uh, My first one after my C-section, I actually held on to the, the sidebar that like the support bar in the bathroom. And I screamed because it came, it hurt. I think I popped something. Oh, you popped a stitch or something. Something happened in there. Mm. Right. Anyway. Postpartum is fucking hard. Like, yeah. So yeah. we need to be giving ourselves not only foods that provide us with as many nutrients as possible, because your body just went through a trauma, right? You need, you need those nutrients to be able to heal and you need those nutrients to be able to feed another human. You just went from efficiently feeding a human through the placenta to raising the inefficiencies in converting your food into like your blood, which then produces the hormones and then makes milk, right? That's why it takes 600 calories to breastfeed per day and only 300 calories in your third trimester because of all those building up, right? So that should be a signal that we need even more nutrient-dense foods. We need more nutrients, essentially. And the way to get them in is by eating foods where every bite counts. Every bite is full of those nutrients versus if you're eating something that's a bunch of empty calories then you're filling your stomach and taking up valuable real estate essentially with something that's not going to be helping you recover or helping you reach like your breastfeeding. So first step is we need the nutrient dense food. Second step is because our insides are all healing, our intestines are all moved around. We need foods that are easy for us to digest. Okay. When you are sick with the flu or when you're dealing with something where you're having a lot of healing that needs to happen, your body is moving its resources away from the digestion to do the healing. So if you continue to feed yourself things that are difficult to digest, your body has to reconvert the energy back to digestion and then move it back to healing. If you eat things that are easy to digest and easy to absorb the nutrients from, then your body can conserve its energy and focus more time healing so that you recover faster and easier. The salads are a problem because they're harder for you to digest. You want cooked greens, you want soups and things along those lines that are easily absorbed. This is where I think you being a, a nutrition doula is so different from just going to a regular dietitian that your physician 
puts in a referral for. Not that that's bad, but it just kind of seems to me like you're taking them along a journey and helping people to understand what just happened with their body. Not just like, let me sit you down and tell you about nutrition. It's like, let me tell you what's happening with your body and how food can help it. Yeah, that's exactly. And that's part of why I chose to do my schooling in integrative nutrition versus like a regular RD route because whole integrative portion of that is um, nutrition isn't something that you just have in an isolated ball here. The relationships you have in your life, the career you have in your life, the types of exercise that you enjoy, the number of kids you have, all of that affects how you can uh, deal with your nutrition or not. Anybody can, you know, you can make up a plan and say, here, eat these foods and then give it to somebody. But if you don't take into account that those foods are hard for them to get, or they don't know how to cook them or their child's allergic to them or any of that stuff, then they're not going to be successful. Right. I I wanted to ask, like, you know, since you bring up lifestyle is a really big factor and meeting people where they're at is really important. Um, Do you have any, you know, using the trendy term like life hacks for how you can help a busy parent get some of these really awesome nutrient dense foods every day where they feel like they don't have to spend an hour in the kitchen? Yeah, actually, um, that's a really good leading question. I actually teach a free uh, five-day class about how to, I call it the Effortless Meal Planning Workshop. And it's a system that I developed for um, making your meal plans in less than 15 minutes a week. Um, You get the meal plan, the grocery list, and it's all foods that you are guaranteed to like, your family is guaranteed to like, and um, yeah. So that, those are the big selling points of that. So I teach that um, in my Facebook group every eight weeks or so. Um, it's pretty amazing. It makes yeah. meal planning as easy as dealing a deck of cards out. Nice. We'll make sure to put like um, a link to that and everything in our show notes. And, and we'll um, make sure to record at the end a little bit uh, yeah. more about that so we can get everybody to your site for you. Yeah. And I think you had a freebie, didn't you, that you were going to give to the listeners today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I wrote... Um, so this, one of the most common things that I see with breastfeeding moms is um, like, oh my gosh, breastfeeding was supposed to make me lose weight, but I'm gaining weight because I can't stop eating. I am starving all the time and like, I can't stop the snacks and I don't understand why this hunger is like so great. I just ate so much food. Like, why do I, why am I still hungry? Like, it's just driving me nuts. And that is all based off of the type of food that is being uh, consumed. And if we're consuming foods that aren't nutrient dense, then we're going to be hungry because our brain can see, even though you have enough calories, an excess number of calories, you don't have enough nutrition. And so your brain's like, I'm missing a nutrient and I'm going to keep you hungry until you give me that nutrient. Mm. So that's kind of the root of where it comes from. So I made a, uh, an infographic for for you guys, um, basically how to stop those like breastfeeding hunger cravings or those breastfeeding cravings that we find so obnoxious. I I put it up at the nutritiondoula.com forward slash breast friends since that's the podcast name. So it should Perfect. be easy for everybody to find. Um, but yeah, just hop on over and um, you can uh, enter your email and, and get that sent right to you. Nice. Thank you. What do you think, like, if, if you had to think, what's the most common, like, single sentence of advice that you give over and over and over and over, like every client, what is that? Oh, I'm trying to, I'm debating between two of them. So I'm going to go with um, <laughs> Okay. So the first one is that, quality matters. The quality of your food is the number one thing that matters. So we want 
Um, like, like I said, the nutrient dense foods, your high quality proteins, your um, complex carbohydrates, essentially, that would be the number one thing that I want clients to understand is that I'm choosing to eat this food over this food because it is a better quality fuel for my body. And it's almost like you get like, you're like a premium car. And then you're putting like the crap watered down gasoline in it. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> but right? talk to me like I'm a, like I'm a person that doesn't know anything about nutrition, <clears throat> you know, cause I am. So what is a high quality protein? Like I thought I was smart, like, okay, peanuts, I don't know, steak. Well, when it comes to protein overall, the, the health of the animal is what makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. So if we are relying on animal protein, if we're eating protein from animals that were healthy, animals that were pastured and raised on a diet that is their natural diet, like grass-fed cows versus cows that are fed like feedlot grains, um, then they're healthier animals. And so by default, the meat from those uh, animals has higher levels of the good fat, lower levels of the bad fat, higher levels of nutrients and minerals. So that would be a better quality protein than like something that was factory farmed. Another example would be, you know, your, like for a, a plant-based deal, you can, you know, those protein bars that you see, they're like 20 grams of protein in like the chocolate candy bar thing Yeah, the um, one that the advertisers... Yeah, right? because the protein in there is like this soy protein, protein isolate, which is like the super highly processed um, derivative from like soy plants, essentially, that we don't really know how to digest and doesn't really do a lot for us and can be very inflammatory, cause gas, like you're talking about, right? So do we want to eat that or do we want to eat like whole organic edamame beans? Right? Ooh, so that. quality. Oh, good. Yeah. Definitely. So that's a plant-based example for quality. Like the ultra-processed things, they're not going to do as much for you as if you eat something that is um, more of a whole form, grown or raised in a way that benefits the plant or the animal. Let's take a minute right now to thank our sponsor for this episode, Allison, the Nutrition Doula. You can find more information about the things that she offers at thenutritiondoula.com. She offers a couple of different courses, including Healthy Eating Made Easy, and an effortless meal planning workshop, which sounds awesome. Stay tuned till the end of this episode to get a coupon code for her classes and a special freebie only for our listeners. So I have a question. When you meal plan and you have it all put together, say, you know, you're still in your third trimester and, um, you know, you're like, okay, I nailed it. I've got all of Allison's awesome meals in the freezer ready to go. And then you have your baby and, you know, speaking from personal experience, I could have a plan to eat something on Tuesday, but there is nothing on the planet that I would like to eat less than what I had planned to eat on Tuesday. Does that just take practice or do you have to, are you just like force feeding yourself the stuff that you plan to eat? Do you have plans for alternatives? Like, do you get over that after like a week or so? I would say yes and no. So eventually the more you get into it with the meal plan and the more you make sure that the foods that you've planned in your meal plan are foods that you actually like and enjoy eating, that then that problem goes away. Because often what happens with meal plans is we sit down and we plan things that are healthy. We're like, okay, this is healthy. This is healthy. This is healthy. And it's okay. You sort of like it, but it's really not your favorite. And so that's kind of where it would come in, you're ready to like have your chicken and broccoli and you're just like, I really don't feel like eating that tonight. Um, 
if your plan incorporates all the foods that you know that you love, then you're more likely to stick to it. But we're also realistic and we know that some days you just don't want to deal with it. Some days everything goes to crap after work and you're just like, I'm done. Uh, we're going to put a frozen pizza in the oven or something. So I also encourage uh, my clients to, when they make meal plans, consider how often that happens during the week and don't plan for full seven days. If you know that like it's a good week if you cook three times, then I want you to plan for three or four meals. And then we'll slowly increase it from there, right? Um, I don't even plan for seven meals a week. I do usually five or six dinners a week and leave like a leftovers night or a freebie night because that is part of human condition, I guess I would say, to you know want something spontaneous or have that um, built in. And when I do meal plan, I'll plan for five or six nights and then I'll leave one completely unplanned and that can be the spontaneous night. Or if I need a spontaneous night earlier, I can just bump whatever I had planned for the night to the freebie night and not waste any food that what is the what do you feel like is is the hardest piece of advice for your clients to follow and and your how do you breastfeeding clients right your breastfeeding clients specifically um and ha, and how do you feel like you help them get over that hump you know I've, had, I've worked with some clients who don't eat vegetables like full stop the only thing is that they would eat was potatoes and so for them that's the hardest thing is to not only get them to start increasing the amount that they're eating, but also um, teach them ways to cook them that taste delicious. Because if you were, I tell you, if you were raised on boiled, boiled canned green beans, um, you probably don't think green beans taste very well and good, but there are other ways to prepare them that taste delicious, I promise. So, um, you know, that can be a problem. I've had some clients who have like a soda addiction where they normally drink like two or three Diet Cokes a day. Um, the Diet Coke one is one that comes up quite often and um, getting that to be cut back or eliminated entirely is is difficult. So I'm trying to think of any other ones that are. Yeah. Super... I, I mean, we run into the soda one a lot in midwifery where I ask about their mm -hmm. diet and they're like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, well, what do you drink? They're like, what do you mean? I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. but do you drink soda? Do you actually also drink water? <laughs> um, no yeah. water, straight Mountain Dew. No, it's definitely, it's definitely hard. Um, and something that we in particular in this region deal with a lot, um, and I don't know if it's something that has come up in your practice, but we have a lot of people here live in what you would consider a food desert where mm -hmm. basically if they don't want to drive for an hour, they're getting their groceries at Dollar General. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that one's definitely a challenge for us with nutrition counseling prenatally. Mm -hmm. And I bet it's um, also the same for you when you're dealing with postpartum clients. Yes. Yeah. So um, part of what's included in my one-on-one -on -one coaching packages for uh, women is I get them a year subscription to Thrive Market, which Stop. is this. You do? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so it's an online grocery um, store that's similar to Whole Foods. It's like Whole Foods meets Amazon and Costco all together. And so it is Whole Foods style um, pantry, shelf-stable pantry essentials. So we still have a problem with the um, fresh fruits and vegetables, but, you know, we're still getting halfway there. And But it's at wholesale prices, and then it's shipped straight to your door. So that's been very successful to help clients find and get access to um, higher quality foods. Nice. I, I have to know, what's your favorite vegetable? Ooh. Um, <laughs> Look at her. It's such a tough choice. <laughs> I know. It is a tough choice. I'm like, is it asparagus? It's roasted asparagus. 
Oh, artichokes. Asparagus is good. Bad asparagus is so oh. bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, th- I think, I think it might be artichokes. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Delicious. You know, one time I went vegan for three days and it was, <laughs> um, the best thing that I made was you tear up artichoke hearts and you make them into crab cakes. And it's shockingly, shockingly tasted like crab cakes with peppers in it. I was vegan and vegetarian, well, vegan for three years and vegetarian for 10, and I never did that, and now I'm going to do it. Three whole days of steam (laughs) faster. Oh, my God. Sounds amazing. I'm totally going to try that. any level of (laughs) of non-fish eating I've ever been to. This is just a testament to our listeners. You don't have to stick with something forever, but feel free to try things. Yeah. And, you know, I will never regret those three days. I lost five pounds in three days. I felt amazing (laughs) and then could not hang on to it for so many reasons. And I, I fully admit, I'm not sitting here on my high horse being like, I have figured this out. I, my baby is 18 months old. I still feel like I need a postpartum doula like Allison to help me through this because you're postpartum forever. Yeah. <laughs> I it think. never yeah. stops. Maybe told yeah. when, it, when is it Allison? When are, when are we done being postpartum? Like kindergarten? Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I work mostly with, if moms are, their kids are under five, that's pretty much like my, my group. So I say that it takes till at least then, which is pretty much pre-K or kindergarten, right? Nailed it. Yeah. I, I feel, I mean, I have a kid who's about to be five and I'm like, okay, maybe we could have another now. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> I know, right? It's, yeah, it's hard. So question mm-hmm. about um, supply, because this seems to be when, when I'm tagging people in these posts, when I'm tagging you in people's posts about supply and what they need to eat to make their supply more and some, and uh, inevitably there's a hundred comments on there recommending Eat some cookies, a lactation cookie <laughs> or body armor. And oh, I, I hate body armor. They're like, try this random fucking supplement. I didn't research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so help us help us with the cookies and the, and the, and the sports drinks. Yeah. So the bad news is there is no single thing magic bullet you can eat to make you a milk goddess. It's just not going to happen. Um, it, you get a button full, that's like, correct. Yeah, right. <laughs> full, full stop. Not, uh, not one thing. However, if you are shifting, you, you shift your diet from one that is less nutrient dense to one that is more nutrient dense, where you're getting all of the vitamins and minerals that you need from your food. And I'm not talking about your prenatal vitamin because our body responds different to vitamins that are in a pill form than vitamins that are coming from food. So if we're getting ourselves um, that nutrient dense diet in our food, then our body is able to um, produce more. And here's why, okay? It's not entirely related to the food. There's a kind of a chain reaction that allows you to produce more. So when you are eating a diet that is less than optimal, that your body perceives as um, not nutrient dense, your brain sees that you're not getting enough nutrients in and says, I'm in a famine. Oh, shit. And so it is a stress on your body to be eating a diet that is not helping your health. Um, and we know there's lots of different kinds of stressors. Your physical stress, like if you're exercising um, and have sore muscles, that's like a physical stress on your body, right? emotional stress and mental stress, like your boss yelled at you and then your cortisol levels jump up, right? Uh, real danger stress, like you almost got in a car accident and like your adrenaline's pumping. Um, but 
your nutrition, if it's uh, not doing well, or if you are um, basically overfed and undernourished, your brain sees that as also stress. And so when we shift to a um, diet that is more optimal, two things happen. Your stress levels go down. Your cortisol levels literally drop because your brain's like, I have everything I need. I don't have to freak out about food anymore. Um, And because your cortisol levels go down, then it's easier for your oxytocin levels to go up. And that is an essential hormone for being able to breastfeed. So you get better letdowns um, and basically literally produce more milk because of that. Um, Second reason why it helps is because if you're getting enough nutrients and your body can heal and repair tissues that it needs to, and your um, blood is essentially getting to be healthier because we are what we eat and what we eat eventually turns into those cells, then breast milk's made from your blood. If I have like really good levels of iron and vitamin D and all of that in my blood, then my body is seeing that as okay. And like, I can go ahead and make as much as I need to make from there as well. So two ways that your diet will affect supply in the long term um, if you're eating very healthfully. Okay, follow-up question. Why do people think that body armor works and lactation cookies? Because they have good damn marketing. Yeah, thank you. That's the fucking answer right there. And mm-hmm. and like, you know, out of all the things you could add into your diet, they're not the worst. But what I hate is that people think that you know, that that's then the magic bullet and they don't have to do anything else. Yeah. And when we talk to clients, we're like, sure, if you really want to make those lactation cookies, great, make yourself some cookies, but also like change the schedule you're feeding on. Don't use a feeding schedule or change the position you're feeding with, or, you know, you have to do these other things that are going to really impact your supply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the placebo effect is real. There is like tons of research about how placebo um, literally affects biological change. So if somebody is getting body armor and they're like, I believe that this is going to fix my supply issues and that can, that could be their placebo and it can do that, but it's a placebo. It's not like a real solution. Um, yeah. I guess in that, those cases, I feel like I need to type up that response and just copy and paste it like every well it won't, <laughs> every time it won't change it though no it won't <laughs> and actually we're probably going to get some hate mail from people that are like okay you're full of shit i drank four body armors in 24 hours and made more milk than i've ever made in my life mm-hmm. and you know cool cool but <laughs> you understand why we can't promote that they're full of sugar there's not much mm-hmm. else in them if if all you drank every all day every day was coffee and Mountain Dew, maybe body armor would be one step up, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why, um, or maybe you just never drank anything ever. And I'm not saying that hydration status is the only thing that affects breast milk because we'll have to talk about that in a whole other episode. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry in advance if we offend anybody, but you know, we just I'm really not sorry about that. I I just, I'm done being sorry about it. I feel like I've tiptoed around it with clients for so long. No, like end of story. It's cool to make those choices, but that's not what is going to solve a lactation problem for you. Right. (laughs) The one thing body armor has going for it is it does have coconut water in it, which is great for electrolytes and helping you hydrate. And so if you need, if you are dehydrated, which 90% of people actually go through their day dehydrated, just so you know fun fact there, then the coconut water does help with that. 
right? Um, So if you want a less expensive, less marketed solution, get yourself some coconut water, um, read the label, make sure it's actually just coconut water, not coconut water plus sugar, because a lot of them have added sugar to it. And if you really need the flavor, throw a noon tablet in there. You're going to save yourself a ton of money. Noon? And That's a good idea. Uh, they like fizz in your drink. Uh-oh. And I give them to my son sometimes. And I'm like, here's a magic potion. Because oh. we don't we don't buy juice. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I want I want something that's not water to drink, mommy. This is like mm-hmm. all he drinks. I'm like, here, doing good. Yep. <laughs> my daughter calls it the yummy water. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. No, they're good. So give us a rundown of all the services that you offer. And I hope that if you're listening and you're like, oh gosh, I'm a mess. Like I thought I was okay. Now I'm listening to this. I feel like my nutrition's a mess. My supply is taking a hit. My life is taking a hit. I can't handle my life. Where can people go to find you and what do you offer? Probably the easiest way to find me is on my website. It's thenutritiondoula.com. So pretty easy to remember with that one. And uh, the type of services I do everything. Um, I will. I can do like a one-time consult if there's like a specific thing that you need, like one thing that you need to solve. This is usually for people, I call it like a tune-up. So if you're doing pretty well and you kind of need a tune-up or a kick in the butt or whatnot, um, we'll do that. Um, all the way up to uh, one-on-one coaching packages. Those are completely customizable based off of what you need. So um, if you go on the website, you can find the button that says, sign up for a discovery session. And that's like a free um, half an hour to an hour where I will talk to you and figure out exactly what you need and we can design it from there. Um, and then I teach a, uh, an eight-week program, uh, Healthy Eating Made Easy. And it is um, essentially most of your nutrition basics. It's specifically designed for um, postpartum and breastfeeding moms and moms of kids with toddlers. So um, it's designed to be easy right? It's how to teach you how to get that stuff in while you're still juggling a thousand different things. Um, If you are breastfeeding and wanting to um, reduce body fat or lose weight and are afraid to do that because of your supply, then this is, of course, specifically designed to let you do that. So everything in there won't jeopardize supply whatsoever, but you um, will drop weight off. One of my favorite comments from that course is a, a, a girl was taking it. She was six months postpartum. And I tell people not to weigh themselves because, um, you know, why do we want to measure the force of gravity on our body? Like it, it, a whole <laughs> thing on that. But um, she gets in there like a, a month after it started. So it wasn't even the full eight weeks. And she's like, look, I know I'm not supposed to weigh myself, but I'm so excited because I just put on my pre-pregnancy jeans and I've been trying to get into them for <laughs> like the last six months. So I weighed myself and I've lost 15 pounds but I haven't lost any milk and I can't believe this is happening. Like, Oh, that's so, so I know I was so, ha- I was like so excited for her. So, um, so that's healthy eating and easy is the class. You can also find a link to that on the website. The next round is going to start um, in the beginning of August. And that's also really nice because you have a whole group of women who are kind of in the same stage going through it together And so it's a real community like support aspect for all of it. That's nice. And it's also nice that you're so hands-on because I think so many, I mean, there's a ton of digital courses out there now and you never really know what you're going to get, but it's nice to know that you really are so passionate about it and you are there like walking them through group coaching calls and, you know, you truly do care about the results. I mean, I think that is just so hard to find. The current round that we have going right now, one of the girls is like, I can't believe it. I'm eating like 
all these piles of vegetables. I'm never hungry. All my sugar cravings are gone. I thought I was a sugar addict and I love it. And it's delicious. Like what witchcraft have you pushed on me here? <laughs> Nutrition so, is a witchcraft. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. I love those. I love seeing the, um, just the results that people get from it. And the freebie is unstoppable breastfeeding hunger freebie, which can be found at the nutritiondoula.com slash breast friends. Yeah, we will make sure that we post links um, wherever we share this too. So it's really easy for everybody to get there. Oh, did you have a code? Oh, yes. So for, um, thanks for reminding me for healthy eating made easy for the next round. If um, if you want to sign up for the next round, I have a code, a coupon code for the podcast listeners for $50 off for that. What? Wow. Yeah. That's so and, um, awesome. Yeah. It's uh, the code is just breast friends. Yeah. When you check out, put that in there and uh, we'll know you heard like this awesome podcast. I like love what you guys are doing with this. So thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's been great because we're finding awesome people like you who have a similar passion to just help parents make this not so fucking hard. It really doesn't have to be this hard. There's just not enough out there and it's not all in the same place. So we really appreciate the fact that people are willing to meet with us and be open and honest Mm -hmm. about their own struggles. And, you know, the great thing about the fact that there's not a lot available is everybody that's out there doing it is super passionate about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. I'm happy to have you in our little tribe of pro-parent, postpartum, baby, breastfeeding, all of it. Thank you. Maureen, was your mind absolutely blown during that interview? Because as I was sitting here talking to Allison, I was thinking, wow, I'm pretty sure I didn't do anything right in my postpartum period when it came to nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, listening to her, I was thinking, oh, right. I researched a lot of that during my pregnancy And I did really great eating during my pregnancy. And then I had a baby and my life fucking fell apart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Understatement. I mean, I just, I prepared for so many things in pregnancy and birth, but that's one thing that has consistently taken a hit. So I'm so appreciative for Allison coming on the show today and helping our listeners maybe prepare a little bit better, maybe pull the e-brake on their diet that's gotten a little bit out of control, and also to kind of calm down some of those crazy fears that we have as mothers or parents that we're just not doing the right thing by our families. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you know, the... If, if anything can help you feel like you're making good choices and doing something proactive for your health and your baby's health, it's eating right. And I love that she does a free consult where she kind of personalizes a plan for you and then just sees if you want to go forward with it. You know, it might just be a good idea to get a little jump start. you know, just a mm-hmm. little kick in the pants, if you will, when it comes to eating right. Yeah, I, I it's really important. I I really I I really enjoyed our time. I feel like at the end of that interview, I was like, "But wait, can we keep talking a little bit more?" But <laughs> so I think if you feel that way, like I do, you should um, make sure that you go to her website, which I already mentioned, but it's thenutritiondoula.com. And actually, she made something really special just for our listeners. So hey, y'all, breast friends, you get something exclusive if you go to thenutritiondoula.com slash breast friends. She made a special freebie for you about stopping breastfeeding food cravings. 
Uh, yeah, because how many of you are just breastfeeding your life away and grabbing whatever you can get your hands on because you are starving? Mm -hmm. And so many of us are like expecting to lose all kinds of weight because you're breastfeeding. It's just going to fall right off. You know what happened to me, though? I was really hungry, and my husband, who can cook but like five meals, um, so he can make for breakfast like French toast and eggs. Mm -hmm. So I ate French toast every day for like a month. Ooh, I think I gained like 15 pounds. <laughs> you, no, you gained French toast. Yes. All, I, I had a lot of French toast. She's delicious. Actually, maybe your partner should take these classes with you. Yeah, probably kind of a good idea since they're probably going to be eating some of them <laughs> or cooking most of them if you have a really, really special partner. Oh, so here is the big um, special thing that Allison has done for y'all, our best friends. Um, she created an exclusive coupon code for you that gives you 50, let me say it again, $50 off the Healthy Eating Made Easy course. And the coupon code for that is Breast Friends. Yep, just one word, B-R-E-A-S-T-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. And not to mention, in case you missed it during the episode, Allison gives one year free subscription to Thrive Market. So if you're living in a food wasteland where the closest grocery store you have is the Dollar General, uh, this is for you. We're talking to you, sister. This is your episode. Totally. And this is soon. This class starts on August 12th. So, you know, you, you have a little bit of time to think about it and figure it out. But I mean, hop right into it with her and just like Turn your life around. Yeah, please. And then food le- is medicine, man. Food is everything. It is. And let us know how it goes. So if if it changed your game in breastfeeding, please drop us a line. Um, you can always email us at breastfriendspodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe and leave a review. We love reviews on our episodes. Mm-hmm. Share it with a friend who you think might need it. I mean, I think if you're not pregnant or breastfeeding, but you just like listening to this because you really enjoy nerding out over breastfeeding topics, don't forget to send it to somebody who might need it. Yeah, and make sure when you subscribe to the podcast, you can set it so it automatically downloads episodes, um, which I love because I actually forget about all my favorite podcasts till I have to drive for like two hours. And then I'm like, where are my podcasts where I don't have any service in West Virginia? So thank goodness it downloads them for me. Maureen goes out into the great wild yonder. I don't. I always have Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for us today, folks. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and we will see you next time on the Breast Friends Podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Breast Friends Podcast. If you want to help our podcast grow, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. To support our mission of accessible lactation information, you can find us on Patreon and become our breast friend, a lactivist, or a dairy queen. Dairy queen, what? Each level of membership comes with its own personalized member rewards. Yeah, like behind-the-scenes video, um, personalized Q&As, merchandise. Oh. I might send you a mug or a t-shirt. Love the merch. This podcast was edited by Heather O'Neill with music by Bella Zucker. For questions, comments, or sponsorship opportunities, please email us at breastfriendspodcast at gmail.com.